You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. So thankful for everyone who serves at Antioch and uh, every ministry counts, every ministry matters. And so uh, I think about our kids and students and the investment in their lives. What a great gift that is. We are super blessed at Antioch. Uh, we have a bunch of what I call gold-starred servants, man. All right, they're just doing a good job and making a difference. I'm honored today to uh, spend some time in God's Word in Mark chapter 10, uh, talking about the significance and the importance of serving. I believe we're never more like Jesus than when we serve, and he's called us to serve, and I'm looking forward to our time today in the Word. We've had a great summer, uh, just I believe one of the best summers we've had of people attending and engaging and being a part of it, and so looking forward to our time in the fall season coming and looking forward to our day as we talk about improving your serve in our own life. How can God begin to work in my life and your life to, to grow? We, we never... We never arrive, right, church family? We never, we never arrive. We're always growing and going and saying, God, how can I improve my serve to make a difference in you? Uh, we have so many who serve on Sunday and during the week here at Antioch. Uh, we have so many who serve outside. It's been a great summer of serving. I just want to give you a little bit of update about what happened this summer, some serving opportunities we had. This is, this is at the uh, community center. We, we did two weeks of painting there at the community center. Uh, did a, they did a great job there. Uh, that's Chad. And, there, and then we had some outside stuff with, uh, where did we go there? We were at a park and we painted bleachers. There's two good people there. We had a summer apartment outreach, an apartment outreach at Enclave. And it was really just a great experience. Appreciate all those who served there. We had a group that served over here at Oak Grove Park, painted all the picnic tables did a great job of making those connections. This is a group of people that served at the theater in the park. Uh, it's been a six day season of that. And we had some even last night serving that are here today. So thank you for serving and making a difference uh, and for serving. And uh, we had a clothing giveaway this year. This is just a part of that who helped do the setup on that Sunday. Uh, you can see the clothing they brought in the play. It was just amazing. Uh, here's what it looked like inside the room that, that uh, Saturday morning. And uh, here's some others. I think they spent the whole time getting these hangers together. Just crazy. It was just really a neat experience. I think Annette said we had over 130 people who served during that season of clothing giveaways. So church, just thanks for making a difference. Because what we do is not about us, amen. It's about Jesus and who he is. And we get to be a part of that. So just a big thank you for all that you're doing. I believe this summer we had over 200 people serving outside of our church this summer. Isn't that a great thing? Just outside of our church, making a difference, serving and making a difference in the lives of others for the, the cause of Jesus Christ. I believe that you and I were created to serve. In fact, we were, we were saved to serve and to make a difference. Never more like Jesus than when we serve. We were put on this earth. We were put on this planet to be a contributor and not a consumer. 
we, we live in a consumer culture, right? And I get it. Some of we, we have to consume some things, right? We got to have fuel and food helps and a place to live. We understand that. But as Americans, man, we are so much about what we can do and how we can accumulate that. There's a big difference between being a contributor and a consumer. I pray for our church that we would be a church, and by God's grace, we're, we're, we're moving there, and we're, we're, we're doing great, church, to be a contributor, to invest your life, and not just be something that you consume. consume. I put a couple of thoughts together this week. I just said this, contributors commit, but oftentimes consumers criticize, right? They, you know, we serve, and some just kind of just sit. Contributors serve, but consumers sit. Contributors work, but oftentimes consumers just, just watch other people work. And so by God's grace, we want to be consumers. The question to process today is this, am I a contributor or am I a consumer? Am I a contributor or am I a consumer? Jesus said this, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Jesus was the ultimate server and he's called us to make a difference by serving others and serving him. The question today would be this, how, how can we improve our serve? What, what is our motivation for serving? Is it just to be, hey, I'm serving, here I am, look at me? No, that's not the, it's not about us, it's about pointing people to Jesus. And serving starts in our neighborhoods. It starts really in our home, right? That we serve our spouse, we, we serve our family, we serve our neighborhood. In the work environment, we, we serve. It's not just confined to Sunday, amen, church? It's out during the week. How can God use your life? And he's using your life to make a difference in the lives of others. We serve God by serving others. If you have your Bible this morning, Mark chapter 10 will be our focus today. We'll look at some verses and read some and move to other areas of the passage. One of the most significant conversations in Mark's gospel was the conversation in Mark chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 11 where Jesus back to back to back, predicted his suffering, predicted his death. And all 12 disciples, they, they missed it. They missed it. They, they were looking for a Jesus who would be a political leader. Now, now think about that. Three times back to back to back that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die. And it just, it just went over their heads because they were looking to be a leader. Uh, they were looking to be a part of the political agenda, but that wasn't the plan at all, but they just, they just missed it. Jesus was telling them and encouraging them. The disciples were preoccupied with greatness, preoccupied with it's just about me and what I can accomplish. In Jesus' third passion prediction in chapter 10, James and John make this audacious request. They said something like this, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you to do. That's a pretty strong question to be asking Jesus. So they make this strong question to Jesus, and Jesus replied in verse 36 of Mark 10, what is your request? They said to him, when you sit on your throne, we want to sit next to you, one at your right hand, the other on your left hand in glory. And then Jesus spoke these words, in verse 37, do you have any idea what you're asking? Again, they, had, they were looking again for, for grandeur and for, for all, all, all kinds of stuff to get accolations. And so always something about themselves. And Jesus said, do you have any idea what you're asking? Can you drink 
the cup that I drink or be baptized with a baptism I am baptized without even considering what Jesus was saying with this statement, drinking the cup or being baptized, they said, we can do it. We, we can do it. Without hesitation, we can do it. They didn't have a clue what it meant to drink the cup and to be baptized. The cup represents the death of Jesus. It represents the suffering of Jesus. This wasn't a water baptism. This was baptism by fire. This was baptism by death. And they said, yeah, we, we can do it. Not having a clue of what was going to happen to Jesus in just a few hours. We can do that. And Jesus replied, you will drink from the cup. You will be baptized by the baptism I have been baptized. And the Bible records that in Acts chapter 12 and verse 2. James, his head was cut off. John was exiled to the island of Patmos for the rest of his life. They, they, they were baptized by fire. They, they, were, they were baptized, experienced that cup that they drank, the cup that was a cup of judgment on behalf of Jesus, and they experienced that. He experienced it. And Jesus said to them in verse 40, It is not my place to grant your request to sit at my right hand or at my left. Now, this is James and John having this conversation. There's, there's still 10 other people out there. And so they, they were always, they were jockeying for position. Uh, even Matthew's gospel talks about it, where even one of the disciples' mothers got involved and said, I, I want my sons to be in this leadership position. And again, they just missed the whole idea of what Jesus Christ was com com communicating. And so when the other 10 got wind of this, the Bible says they were indignant they were upset. Hey, we want to get in all this ourselves. We want to have the glory and all that we need to have. We, we had this great ambition. And they began to argue with each other with who is going to be the greatest. And Jesus made it clear when he said this, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And so Jesus now continues in this passage of Mark chapter 10 by defining and demonstrating greatness. Number one, Jesus defines greatness in chapter 10, verse 42 and 44. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, Gentiles speak of non-Jews, they, they lord over them, all right? They, they, they power over people and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. Catch this phrase, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. That is a powerful statement. That is a statement of serving. Again, the disciples just, they, they didn't get it, but what a good word that Jesus gives to him. He made this radical statement, whoever would be first among you must be slave at all. The word servant here represents the, the ordinary person who would, would serve like in a, in a household setting. So that's a, that's a servant. The word slave was a, was a level higher, someone who was totally inferior, uh, had, had the idea they were the least of all. They did the, the, the worst of the worst. So he said, that's the slave of all, the servant of all. So Jesus gives greatness, what I would call a total makeover. What, 
what do we think is greatness? We, we think greatness is, you know, a, a great job and uh, finances and money and all, all kinds of accolations, all those kind of things. But he says, no, greatness is serving. Church, that, that we get to serve. Amen? That we, we get to do this. We're never more like Jesus than when we serve. So Jesus defines greatness in terms of serving. He also defines it in terms of demonstrating it in verse 45. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man, I like that, for, for even Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If anybody should have been served, it should have been Jesus. Amen, church? If anybody could have, should have been served, but he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life for others, to give my life a ransom. Jesus' greatest act of serving was giving his life as a ransom for many. The word ransom in the original language speaks of this. It speaks of the price or payment made for our redemption and made for our salvation. What Jesus did for us that we could have a relationship with him is amazing. Say that yeah. picture of that ransom. He came not to be served, but, but to give his life a ransom for many. For many. This, this ransom, this redemption and salvation. So Jesus paid the price, the ultimate price with his life to serve others and make it possible for us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith in him. Giving his life as a ransom was Jesus' greatest service. Greatest service. To give his life, to give up his life for others was his greatest service. I began thinking back in John chapter 13, that significant passage where the disciples have gathered together again, his crucifixion is imminent, and they gather around a table. Not, they, would, they would sit around a table. They would recline around a table. So here are the, the 12 disciples. There wasn't a servant at the door to wash their feet, but they're all sitting around, and Jesus noticed. I think servants notice others. Don't you think so, church? They, just, they have eyes to see. They, just, they see something that needs to be done, and they do it. Don't you love someone who sees something that needs to be done, and they do it? Are you with me, church? I just, I just love that. They see something that needs to be done. Don't have to ask him. And I love what Jesus does. He gets up puts a towel around him, gets a basin of water. I began to think about what he could have said. Okay. I guess because you guys aren't going to do this, okay, I'll get up and I'll, I'll do it. And sometimes we say that, don't we, like that? If you're not going to do it, okay, I'll get it done and I'll do it. But he gets up and he washes the feet of them. What, what a demonstration of serving. That God has called you and I to wash the feet of others, not perhaps literally, but by the way that we serve, we're washing the feet of others. What a great gift that God's given to us. Came across a book a number of years ago called Raving Fans by Kenneth Blanchard. And in that book, he coins this phrase, deliver plus one. The challenge is for us in that book is in your life, how can you deliver plus one? And deliver plus one for him is like 1% a week. And the point is, after 50 weeks or 52 weeks, you've improved your ability to make a difference with others, are you with me, by 50%. Does that make sense, church? Jesus said, 
Go the extra mile. If someone calls you to go one mile, go the extra mile. There's no traffic jam on the second mile. The second mile church is just wide, wide open to serve. I love that statement. Deliver plus one. By God's grace, may we at Antioch be deliver plus one people. May we in our home be deliver plus one. In our neighborhood, in our work environment. Are you with me, church? No matter what it is, we're saying by God's grace. And again, it's not about us. Look how good we can look, but how much Jesus can, what he can look. And how we can represent him well. That deliver plus one. So Jesus defines greatness I love the fact that he, de- he demonstrates it. He gets right in the nitty-gritty of that and serves. Just a couple of applications by way of closing. Just two serving applications. First, God calls you to serve in his church. God calls you to serve in his church. Romans 12. The Bible says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Is that, is there one more? Or that's it? Okay, 12. Okay, I'll read it here. 12. (laughs) I don't have that memorized. I should, okay, I should. Rejoice in confidence, verse 12. Be patient in trouble and keeping on praying. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Hospitality was not so much having people over for lunch or dinner. Hospitality was that level of just, how can I step into somebody else's life and help serve them? So we just see here 10 applications of serving. We don't just pretend to love others. We, we, as when we serve, we, just, we don't want to just go through the motions, Right? We don't want to be like, okay, if nobody else is going to do it, I, I guess I'll do it. That, that's not the heart of what it means to serve. That's not the heart of serving. He says, really love them. Really love others. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what really matters and is good. I love it. Love each other with genuine affection. Not just love each other, but love each other with genuine affection. And sometimes it's hard to love certain people, Right? There's some in this room, maybe you know, that are hard to love, whatever, right? So we understand that, but we say we go beyond that and we love them. We take delight in honoring each other. We're not lazy in our work. We work hard. We serve. Jesus, in his word, reminds us, Paul in Romans 12, reminds us of the dynamic and the significance of serving, serving others. As we think about the church the church isn't a building. The church is people. Right? So I know we know that, but sometimes we just forget that the church is a group of people who gather. This is the place we gather. We're the called out ones. We're part of the church and called out. So we don't just go to church. We are the church. We are the church. And so it's just not confined to Sunday. You and I are the church on Tuesday morning. You and I are the church on Thursday afternoon. So we, we, we live that out. And too often our mindset is, what can the church do for me? Instead of, what can I do for the church? And again, the church is not this building. You're the church. Amen. How can we make a difference in serving the lives of others? Our mission is leading generations to make disciples of Jesus Christ everywhere. Love, grow, 
serve and go. And love, grow, serve and go. The point is that it just makes much of who Jesus is. It's not just something on our wall out there. It's not just something that kind of maybe sounds kind of cool or kind of neat. But by God's grace to, to live out what that means to have this, this gift. And even sometimes to feel even the weight of the responsibility of making a difference by serving others. So in essence, the church is really not, not about you. The church is about, about us. It's about us. That we've been created to be contributors and not just consume what the church has for us. I, I get it, man. We're Americans. I know we, we, we can go to a place and we'll, sometimes we'll hear things. I don't know kind of made a Debbie Downer here, but just like, you know, maybe the music's too loud or I'd, I'd, I prefer pews or chairs or the air conditioner's too strong, it's too cold, it's not warm enough. I mean, really? I mean, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, we can get caught up in all this kind of weird stuff. Amen, church? Amen. We, can, we can become where it's just about consuming what can I do what can the church do for me? No, what can I do for the church? And the church, again, is not this building. The church is people. Jesus said, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That we are part of something, church, that is awesome. Something that is greater than we can even imagine. To be a part of what Jesus has given to us with the priority of serving the local church. The church is more than a place to come and sit. It's a place to serve. We call our weekly gatherings church. What do we call them? Church services. I like that, right? It's church services. We come to serve. Part of our worship is serving and making a difference in the lives of others. I like the way Andy Stanley put it. He said, every Sunday you attend your local church you are served by very busy people. Get involved. Get involved. And we have a lot of people who are involved. Thank you for being involved and making a difference in the lives of others. If you're not involved, we, we encourage you not this way, but this way. Go out there and check out the ministry. Fair. How, what could I do to make a difference in the lives of others by serving others? So God calls not only to serve in the church, he calls us to serve as the church, as the church. Matthew's gospel 5, 14 through 16, he says, you are the light of the world, Jesus speaking. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now hang, now hang in here for a minute. I like that. Let your light shine. Your life is not going to shine unless you let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Remember, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to, right? Remember that song? Okay, just let it shine. Let it. It's not, we don't, we're not forcing the light. We're not you know, putting lights in people's eyes, okay? Let your light shine. Does your light shine outside these walls? Amen. Is there something about your life that just that this makes a difference? 
that how God is using you in, in the work environment, as, as difficult as it may be and challenging the season we're in, how, how are we doing? Are we hiding under a bushel? No. Right? We let our light shine. It's, it's super simple, church. It's not rocket science. As Christ followers, God has called us, Jesus has called us, the very words of Jesus, to, to, to let it shine. Let our light shine on behalf of others. Your life shines when you're real, when you serve and when you encourage, when you give your gifts, when you give hope. We let our light shine. Um, there's some times I just want to have a rant and rave about our, our culture. I just, I get, I'm not going to do it here today. I just, we, we live in a challenging, difficult season, church. Say that. If there's been any time in American's history to see the light shine, it is, it is now. Amen. It is now. We say it often at Antioch. It's not time to hunker down, go underground, Again, I, I, we've said it a couple times here at church, the, the first century church experienced un, unbelievable you know, killings and all the kinds of things they went through, suffering, persecution, but the church of Jesus Christ flourished. So may God use us to let it shine, to make a difference. Not so much to argue with someone. Arguing is not going to make anything different. It's not going to make a difference with that. We, we live in this culture. We say it often at Antioch. We didn't choose the culture we live in. But by God's grace, we approach it with compassion, with conviction, with, with concern. That, that God can use it to make a difference in the lives of others. Amen, Antioch? Amen. 8.30 class. I mean, yeah, that God will use our lives to make a difference in the lives of others. We live in a different world, man. A different world. I heard something on the news the other day. I'm not going to give anybody any names to that. But a specific person made the statement, having challenged getting back into the United States, made the statement, well, at least I have now nine years where I don't have to hear the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner. I've got nine years now where I don't have to listen to the Star... Okay, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make the Star Spangled Banner a big deal, but I'm just saying it's just the hatred, the, the, diff, the animosity in our culture. And by the grace of God, may we exhibit and demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ, not compromising, right? But making a difference in the lives of others. I think, I think we, we get it. God calls us to serve as the church, as the church. We are the church. And we exist for the benefits of others. The benefits of others in our community. Just a, a brief personal illustration. I'm not, I'm not big on personal illustration, but just, just a, a small one where it's about Jesus and his glory. But a, but a number of years ago, uh, a neighbor friend of mine in, in the banking business called me one, one morning and said, hey, would you consider and think about being involved in the Gladstone Chamber. And as soon as she said that, in my mind, I'm just thinking, I didn't say it, but I just, no, I'm not, you know, no. And she just said, hey, just, I didn't say it. I said, well, hey, I'll think about it. She said, I'll get, just think about it, get back with me. I, I hung up and thought, well, that should take care of that. But God began to work in my heart and say, Bob, you idiot, all right? This is an opportunity. You know, during the week, I hang around 
a bunch of Christians here at Antioch. Yeah, and it kind of gets boring sometimes, right? I mean, you know, so, so it was just it was good for me to, to get out, to get out and, and walk into an environment where it's not about Pastor Bob. It's good for me. Pride's a fall. Where you walk into some place and you're not the guy, oh, you know, you walk in and different things are happening, different conversation, you hear different kind of words going on and they're drinking different kinds of drinks and, but you're in that environment and God has used that in my life. I'm so thankful for that. Where it's not about me, it's about Jesus. And to make a difference in the lives of others. It may be your HOA. My wife has just stepped into the HOA season. It's a three-year run. There's a lot that goes on in HOAs, man. I, I never had, oh my word, all right. But it's just, it's just good to get in there in the nitty-gritty of life, to be able to pray over people in our neighborhood who have, have cancer, to make a connection with our neighbors. Right? And God has put all of us in a place. Again, you don't live where you live by accident. You don't work where you work by accident. And by God's grace, we're, and we're, again, we're all different personalities. That's super good. So we just, I would just say, be who you are in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I, I can't be you. You can't be me. But you can be who you are and make a difference in the lives of others. And God has used those opportunities to engage, to, to connect with, with praying over people, to encourage people. My first six weeks there, I think I'm going to share this a couple years ago. My first six weeks in that organization a young boy, 18 years old, on I-20, I-29, was killed on a skateboard. And the mother was part of our chamber and said, can you do my son's funeral? We don't have, we don't have a church. And it's like, wow, I don't, even, I don't even know this person. I don't even know that. But God said, Bob, you're here. Step into that. And by God's grace, that family, husband and wife, no longer live here now, both came to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of, of Jesus working in their heart. So don't sell yourself short. Amen? Again, we all have different personalities, different abilities, and that's how God made us. That's awesome, isn't it? Yes. So, so be who you are in the person of Jesus Christ. He calls us to live a life of serving. He lives, calls us to live a life of serving. Rick Warren puts it this way, you were put on earth to contribute. You weren't created just to consume resources. God designed you to make a difference with your life. Love it. That's a great statement. That God has made your life to make a difference in the lives of others. Let me give you just four application questions and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, first question is this. How would you define yourself? Would you define yourself as a contributor or a consumer? Just kind of you know, process that. Am I more consumer-oriented or am I contributor? How does, that, how does that work? Number two, what does it look like to be a contributor? Again, we're all different. That's a good thing. What does that look like for you in the work environment? I would just say, let's, don't, let's start at home. Let, let's start with our, our spouse, right? How are we serving our spouse? How are we serving our kids? That's so important. I would say as men in the room, that's our, that's our big responsibility as men to do what we can in our home to make a difference. Amen. Ladies, we love you, man. Without you, we're in big, deep weeds. But guys, 
by God's grace, to live well and make much of that. How do we contribute? Number three, where are you serving? Where, where are you serving? How is God using you in this season of serving? Number four, who could you serve this week? You think about somebody, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe someone in your family, a coworker. I'm telling you, I think people need to hear a good word, right? People, we, we need to, to do this, right? To help people. Right? So I, I watch the news, but be careful about watching all the news because it can just put you down in a deep place. I, I want to just know enough a little bit to kind of what's going on out there. And after that, I gotta, just got to shut it down, man, right? You gotta, just got to shut it down. But who could you serve this week and make the difference in the lives of others? You weren't created to consume resources, to eat and breathe and take up space. You were created to be a servant, created to serve. I think of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the words of the Apostle Paul, are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, we've got to be careful about good works, all right? Good works are good works, but, but somewhere in the conversation, it's more than just good works. Like that, that's that next step, amen, church? That next step. I'm making that, are you with me, church? Amen. We can do all this good works and kind of, we're doing good works and good works, but we haven't in some way come into a conversation, it may not be your first conversation, but somewhere bringing up Jesus, right? Okay, I'm, maybe inviting them to a church or an activity or an event, somewhere, you know, those kind of things. Are you with me, church? So we just don't serve and good, good works, but we do it in a way that we're making that connection with people that God prepared beforehand that we should live in them and walk in them, that we have the privilege of serving and making a difference in the lives of others. Think of that. Jesus is the ultimate servant. I think the example of Jesus, it motivates me, his example. I mean, the, the 10 disciples, the 12 disciples, I mean, James and John were in on that thing early and then the other 10 get in on that and just jockeying for position, wanting recognition, you know, wanting to be in, in, in leadership and they just, they missed it. And the words of Jesus, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. He's given us your life, our lives, to make a difference in the lives of others. May we, by God's grace, continue to serve. I want to encourage you, church, those who are serving, man, thank you for serving, making a difference. If in the room you haven't stepped into that yet, I just want to encourage you. How can we help you? Out here, look at that. How can you take that next step? How can it be outside these walls? Not just serving inside these walls, but outside these walls, making a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 10. The words he gives are, are words of life. Thank you, Father, that he made the ultimate sacrifice. He's the ultimate servant to make our relationship with you possible. He, he went the whole way. God, use us at Antioch to make much of your name by what we do and who we are. 
that we would serve you well and it wouldn't be about us, that when we serve, it would be about you and who you are and your greatness and your goodness. I I pray in this room today, if there's some who have not put their faith in Jesus Christ to to recognize that's, that's the ultimate. Jesus would say, call on my name. Call call on my name. I pray, God, if there's some that need Jesus in this room, that today they would be drawn to you. I I pray in this room for those who are serving, that you would encourage them. I know sometimes we are overlooked. We we get tired. uh, We can be frustrating. And so, God, refresh those who need to be refreshed in their serving. May we as a church always encourage those who serve. And Father, for those who are not serving, to be encouraged to step into that arena of serving and to see how you can grow their life and change their lives. Thank you for Antioch. We get to be a part of who you are. God, continue to use us as a church family to make your name honored, to live in a way in this community, in a way that would just make much of your name, we pray. And so we give all that to we ask in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said... Amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.